0: It's Maria, welcome to First Up. This is Rahina, that is Monday, the 19th of September. Koneitha and aho, coming up. We cross to the UK, we're going to get the latest as the world prepares to bid farewell to Queen Elizabeth II. Back home, uh, we actually go out on the streets to canvas New Zealanders and see how we're going to approach this. How many of you are going to stay up to watch the funeral? Precious Mackenzie, one of the Queen's favourite athletes, we get to hear from the man himself. And we talk to a Kiwi farmer, whose family was friends with Her
1: Majesty. Dad and the Queen got on really well, and um, he used to ring in every now and then and chat while she come to the farm in 1990, to look at the cows, which was probably the highlight of everything. Yeah, having the Queen on your farm.
0: Morena, koneithin rarere ho. Hope you've had a, a fantastic weekend. I was very moved this morning when I woke up and saw the news out of Taiwan. Uh, big earthquake there has hit the southeast region there around Taidung an area that I, I managed to go to when we were filming a documentary there and that's the, um, they are the ancestors of everything in the Pacific. All of the fruit, all of the people, uh, all come from that particular area there too. Um, so uh, I hope because um, it's an area that doesn't have a lot of... Uh, when, you, when you're when you there, it's not not the, the wealthiest area ever, too. So I hope that things uh, will be there OK. Apparently one person has lost their life so far, which is awful. But if you have a look, the infrastructure looks terrible. So hopefully we might hear something about that in the news this morning. But we go to Britain now, and the queue has really taken over the, a lot of the news uh, in the world. Uh, crowds lining up to say their final goodbyes to Queen Elizabeth II. So her casket there is lying in state at Westminster Hall for the last day ahead of her funeral which is later this evening, New Zealand time. Our correspondent, Ellie Jay, is with us. Kia ora, Ellie, how are you?
2: Ata Nathan. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot about the queue in the news at the moment yeah. and across the weekend, Lots and lots of events. I have to say, it's been—it feels like it's already been the longest weekend. Um, the king, the new king, has been around the country visiting well-wishers. Uh, heads of state have arrived. We're hearing a lot about um, heads of state arriving today. Foreign dignitaries—he's been receiving foreign dignitaries today. Leaders from across the Commonwealth too have been signing a book of condolence. Um, you might have seen there was two two sort of significant moments across the weekend. Here it was the vigil of the princes, and also the vigil of the. Grand Children. So, whilst people have been filing through Westminster Hall uh, a couple of nights ago, it was the Queen's four children who who went in and stood guard around her coffin for 15 minutes. Uh, and then last night it was the the grandchildren, the eight grandchildren. So Prince William, um, Prince Harry, uh, the Princess Princesses Eugenie and Beatrice as well, and they stood there for 15 minutes. And so these people who have been waiting for hours and. Hours to walk past. There would have been some people who who turned up there uh, and were able to sort of stand and mourn with members of the royal family. So that's yeah. been one of the big stories across the past couple of days.
0: I, I saw, Ali, as well, there was a lot of, uh, I guess, that social thing of, oh, look at Philip Schofield there cutting the line using his fast pass, and look at David Beckham, man of the people, standing in the line there for, I don't know, eight or 12 hours or something like that. It's it's interesting, isn't it, how it's come to that, and then you know they're saying good old David Beckham, which when you think about it, for, for a man of his profile in England, gosh, that's, you know, they might, it would have been hard because there'd be so many people going, David, David, and I saw him saying, please don't, I'm, I'm in line to see the Queen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that is one of the big stories that's come out in the past couple of days. And people are very, very angry with the Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield situation as well. I mean, um, they work for a a sort of breakfast, morning breakfast program here on ITV. And they had to release this statement saying, actually, they were there for work. They didn't skip the queue, that kind of thing. And it hasn't really taken away any of the anger that people are Mm -hmm. feeling about it. And yeah, and the positive side of it, David Beckham, um, Susanna Reid is well spotted in the queue, and they're being kind of venerated for this um, for standing there. I think he went 12 hours. They're now saying the Department of Digital, Culture, Media and Sport, they have these signs up that tell you how long the queue is going to be. Wow. At the moment, it's saying nine hours, but they're going to make a decision to close it today because uh, tomorrow morning at 6.30 will be the last time that anyone can go into Westminster Hall and view the Queen lying in state. Um, and so they're saying... If you're thinking of leaving now, don't do it. Don't,
0: do don't it. go to the queue. So, Ellie, speaking of how long things are, once we get to the funeral itself, I'm, I, I my mind boggles. How long is the funeral expected to last?
2: It will be roughly an hour. So it starts at 11. There's, um, I mean, they close off Westminster Hall at 6.30 at about half 10. Uh, Just after 10.35, the coffin will be lifted and it will be taken uh, in a procession to the state gun carriage of the Royal Navy. And that's pulled by Royal Navy sailors, 98 Royal Navy sailors um, using ropes. And that was, I was reading last night, that's a tradition um, that goes back to, that goes back years and years. Apparently at the funeral of Queen Victoria. Um, It was meant to be pulled by horses, but one of the horses bolted and they said this isn't, and the the coffin nearly fell off. So they said, well, what can we do in this situation? The Navy, the Royal Navy will pull the carriage by hand and that has remained Uh a tradition to today. So that's going to happen. Uh, After that, It will be taken by procession to um, Wellington Arch, that's after the funeral, followed by the royal family and the king. And from there, it's going to travel to Windsor as well for a procession um, to St George's Chapel in Windsor.
0: And then do do you know at all, like how long does the period of mourning last?
2: I mean... I'm not sure when it officially ends. Mm. It's quite interesting to look, though, at the media response because I think there's, a, there's sort of all these fantastic explainers about what would happen um, with the death of the Queen or with the death of a monarch and lots of coverage and how there'd be this sort of blanket ban on all media, every channel, radio, TV, papers. But there are other stories in the news. It's not the kind of wall-to-wall coverage for Ten days. I mean, there is lots of coverage. It's the biggest story, um, and it is very somber. But it's not maybe as much as we were expecting. So I think at the moment, all this pageantry, all this, um, all these sort of leaders of the um, Commonwealth and um, the actual funeral. I think a few days after that, we will start to see that kind of lifting. And there's, I mean, there's lots going on in the country at the moment that needs to be addressed. And there is also this growing portion of people who feel uh, it's time to kind of. After this has happened tomorrow, after the funeral tomorrow, it's time to start gradually going back to addressing them.
0: Yeah. Ellie, thank you so much for your time this year. It's uh, Ellie J who joins us there from London. So it's 11 past five and you're listening to First Up here on RNZ National with me, Nathan Rarere. I'd like to know this morning, are you planning on staying up to listen to or to watch uh, the Queen's Funeral? I don't know the exact time that it's on tonight, but I'm sure you can find that one out. But would you, would you, are you going to do that one? Are you can to start to watch that. Two one oh one is how you can text us for that, or you can email us first up at RNZ nz. well um, you know the uh, the Queen's Casket lying in state there at Westminster Hall for the last day before her funeral late this evening New Zealand time meanwhile Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern and a number of other New Zealand dignitaries are in London to bid a final farewell to Her Majesty now uh, Leonard Leonard Powell of the office man of action uh, back here in Aotearoa we said Leonard uh, they're there they're, they're going to be live can you, can you um, just head out and see if people are going to stay up and, and watch the funeral
2: yep absolutely yep I think I'll just settle down with a good cup of tea and um, yeah, watch the, watch the ceremony. I think I'd probably watch it the next day.
3: Oh, I, th- I think we'll have a look, but I don't know if we will ask citizens. I'm not planning on it, but it might happen because my mum might come up to my house.
1: I'm American. I don't have any relationship with her, so you won't be watching. No, I mean she seemed like a nice old lady. I don't I don't have anything per se against her. Probably not. Not for me. I saw Diana's one, so um, not particularly. Other things to do.
3: Yeah, I'll watch it. I've quite enjoyed watching the story of the Queen's Life that's come out over the last week, so I think it'll be quite a sort of closure think, to watch her funeral. I'm going
1: to watch till I'm too tired and then I'm going to watch the rest on the many times it will be replayed.
4: Will your dog be staying up to watch the Queen ceremony with yes. you?
1: She'll stay up and watch. She's a royalist aren't you? Bea? But she's not a corgi. <laughs>
4: What breed is this dog?
1: She's a miniature schnauzer, yes.
0: There we go. Now, when it comes to interactions with the Queen, most of us just, you know, recognise the Queen off off our our money or perhaps something like that, but Precious McKenzie, the weightlifter, has some great stories. He is indeed a legend. The 86-year-old is a four-time Commonwealth Games gold medalist. He was actually kind enough to share a few of those memories with us here at First Up. So I began by asking Precious about the first time that he met the Queen.
5: Well, the first time I met the Queen, I was at Buckingham Palace. The Queen asked me, are you a weightlifter? And uh, I looked at the Queen and said, yes, ma'am. She repeated that again and said, are you a weightlifter? And the third time she said it again. Then I said, yes, ma'am, that's all I could say. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, that's and right. Did she ever go and watch you, watch you compete? The Queen
5: saw me on the children's program Blue Peter. I took the world record children's program with Blue Peter. 250 kilograms deadlift. Whoa. All my medals, 14 of them, was at the Blue Peter Stadium. As it was my farewell to New Zealand, my wife and I, the following day, shall I say, the Queen sent me a telegram inviting my wife and I to the palace for, for, for my farewell to New Zealand. That's amazing. <laughs> that's
0: amazing so and, and is it true we, we have heard story that, that the queen actually was late you made the queen late for an engagement there because she was going I can't go I'm watching Precious McKenzie at the Commonwealth Games is that true
5: that is absolutely true the the, the best part of it all uh, I was at the in venue now the queen didn't she didn't know where I was and of course they, they sent the police this time to go and hunt me, find me. Uh, this was, of course, in Canada. So the police couldn't find me at the time. By the time we, they went to the weightlifting venue, there they saw me. And the police took me by my hand and said, you're under arrest. And, of course, the way I looked at, looked at the, the policeman, he must have told, no, no, tell him the facts. So he said, no, the queen uh, wants you at the, at the garden party. And guess what? They raced through the road, through through the roundabout, the wrong way, even just to get me there. By the time when we got to the Queen, she was just about leaving. We just made it just in time.
0: That's so great, because a lot of people feel that you know that they go, oh, it's great. I I got to see the Queen once and stuff. She was a fan of yours. The Queen was a fan of you, of Precious Mackenzie. That's amazing. So did you remain uh, in touch with her after you were living in New Zealand?
5: Oh, yes. As, as I said, that uh, the next time that I met the Queen, the very first time was in Jamaica. And I danced with Princess Anne, the, the twist. <laughs> and and I guess how did I get there? When I was all dressed up going going to the venue with the... Uh, Calypso music was playing by the Jamaicans. I thought, boy, that's lovely music. And I followed the music, and it takes me straight to the hall where they were dancing. The colleagues wasn't actually actually dancing. They were just standing listening to the music. So I made myself forward by dodging between the the fellow's legs to get to to the center where they all stand. And I asked, would you like to dance? She looked at me and then I twisted, and then she twisted. And that was one of the nicest part of my, of my career.
0: The great, precious Mackenzie. <laughs> it is 17 minutes past five. I am Nathan Rariri, and you are listening to First Up here at RNZ National. So uh, many thoughts of the Queen and memories of the Queen this morning coming up. A super fan... Uh, and she's going to tell us where the obsession started, and it's quite amazing too and also a New Zealand farmer tells us how his family became friends with Queen Elizabeth over a shared love of cows.
1: bunch
0: are row ones
3: small ones
0: It's a Monday morning, so time to kick it off right as we speak to our Minister of Fruit and Veggies he is Glenn Forsyth. Morning Glenn, how are you?
6: Yeah. Marina, Nathan. Thank you. Uh, good, thank you. I was listening to your wonderful interview with Precious McKenzie. That was amazing. I, yeah, I was at good. the Commonwealth Games.
0: That was yeah, so so good. Let's. Um, what we will do is not mention the rugby league, uh, and we'll just move on to uh, <laughs> no. to fruit and veggies. That's what we do. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Good idea.
6: What's going on, Glenn? Oh, um, just have a quick chat. Um, we were going to have just to um talk about the. Diorp becoming wholesalers. Um, did you did you hear about that in the news? And did you, did you have any thoughts? T- tell me about it, Glenn. Yeah. Okay. So we. We growers and produce markets uh, think the government needs to be careful they don't enable the duopoly to take control of all uh, routes to retail. Um, we're, we're thinking if the government forces the two big boys into the wholesale space, then they could inadvertently remove all independent competition and make the duopoly much stronger even further. So basically, everything we buy from whatever small business um, has gone through the, their fingers first. Now, this is a very dangerous path to go down, um, and we, we are talking about the necessity of life here, food, but we, you know, we have thought of some other ideas. First one is to have a three state-owned enterprises instead, non-profit government warehouses in Christchurch, Palmerston North, Auckland, supplying these bulk common grocery lines for small businesses to collect. And and for produce, you know, trial a large Paddy's Market style shed in Mount Wellington. Again, bulk cartons or bags only, direct from growers produce markets where even families and communities can buy. You know, we, we can't afford some 20 competing produce markets currently in the North Island to close down. And then have produce, um, fresh produce be directed, for example, to the one Woolworths New Zealand shed in Worry for redistribution. I mean, this is a little bit crazy and adds food miles. And, mm. and finally, what we can do is shop around, keep competition alive, support the independents and new entrants, and there is more coming, we hear. So, in summary, Nathan, we don't want to be confrontational. Growers can see where this is all heading. And we are simply are trying to protect people's money and freedom. Uh, growers and suppliers of goods too even need more retailers to sell to, not less. So we would love to talk with the government more about this um, as to the growing pains for growers in general as well, which we touched base on, on last Friday. But on a positive note, sir, we see the government has released plans to protect productive land now for horticulture. And as long as the council is on, on board with this as well, we thank them for this. So I'm a yeah. sucker
0: for anything called a paddy's market. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, you know I'm whatever it is. I whatever its I feel like I'm on one of those food shows and I just want to pick up some produce and sniff it like I know what I'm doing and yeah. put it down. Scott, you kind of described like a almost like a three waters, like a three apples idea you've just come up with <laughs> there. I like that one. Hey, um tell us about it's this ridiculous. man. When, um tell us what's going on. Obviously we're getting into spring and I think the, uh, yes. the the last of the being dark at seven o'clock weekends happened last weekend. So tell me about the vegetable aisle. What what's happening there though?
6: Yeah, well, we'd also like to drop all the seasons back a month. I mean, let's start spring on the 1st of October because <laughs> there wasn't a lot of joy again today at the produce markets for excessive choices. So conscious of time running out short today, so we should get straight into the best buys to kick off the week for vegetables. Uh, the little cherry tomatoes are, un- are improving in supply and joining your normal table-sized carrots are the smaller better bites carrots. Uh, celery and silverbeet feature again for greens and coming in solid also are mushrooms and onions. Be quick on red jams, however, some late season ones are still available. Now, we've been itching to sing the praises of broccoli from a recent article from Dr. Zach Turner, but we'll hold off for the time being as that continues to be very, very short. And finishing on a good spud choice, the Golden Gourmet or the Vivaldi ones down here are looking good.
0: What about fruits? Give Give me fruit for the week. Good news.
6: Uh, fruit, don't know what uh, what it is about Australia at the moment but we're sure getting a lot of these strawberries and come to think of it no shortage of their four mandarins down here either, Uh, USA red and green grapes are in good supply and so are several lines of New Zealand apples, we can't forget avocados and there's heaps and a great time to get your children into plants by growing their own avocado one, so pierce the avocado stone and insert three toothpicks, place over a jar or glass of water with the rounded end submerged, not the slightly pointy end refresh the water every week and in about six to eight weeks when it sprouts it is ready to be planted. Uh, don't allow your taproot to dry out though or your plant will die. So, yeah. Beautiful.
0: Glenn, thank you very much for your time, sir. Do Forsyth the Minister Fruit
1: and Veggies. Like sands through the hourglass so are the days of our lives.
0: The day of our life we call the 19th of September my favourite Batman was the one on the tally, Adam West. It was just such fun. Remember the one where he'd walk up the side of the building and have conversations with people that poke their heads out and wham, bam. His um, second wife uh, was a Cook Islander, na Tokoroa Frisbee Dawson uh, was her name. Uh, and of course he died in 2017 there, but uh, he was uh, Batman there in the late 60s. Bruce Wayne, my favourite one I found out was that uh, his racehorse, Bruce Wayne's racehorse was called Waynebow. There we go. Uh, On this day in 1893, the Governor, Lord Glasgow, signed a new Electoral Act into law. Of course, New Zealand becoming the first self-governing country in the world in which women had the right to vote in parliamentary elections. That was 1893. The second country, Canada, did that in 1917. We heard Precious Mackenzie telling his story about dancing the twist before. Well, on this day in 1960, Chubby Checkers The Twist hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. On this day in 1970, the Mary Tyler Moore show started, just took off and was huge. Emmys, Golden Globes, during its seven year run, um, it just won pretty much everything going uh, there. And in 1983, it was the first time the music video started and it was all about the boots, and then it slowly zoomed up, and you went, Is that what they looked like? Because Kiss performed on MTV without their makeup. They've sold more than 100 million records worldwide. They've earned 30 gold albums, which is more than any band in the United States, 14 platinum records kiss everybody and that is what happened on this day of our life the 19th of September joining us now from the business team it's Anan Saki kia Anan how are you
4: Moreno. Very well, thank you.
0: Now, obviously, you know, the the queue is a huge part of the world news right now. We mean the one to see um, Her Majesty the Queen. Um, and uh, you always wonder if people are going to be making a quick buck. I understand eBay's had to ban the sale of some things, it.
4: Yeah, a crackdown uh, from eBay on uh, sales listings for wristbands for the queue uh, to see the Queen lying in state in London. Um uh, mm, Yeah, look, sellers are offering the paper-coloured bands, uh, which mark Mourner's place in the queue as memorabilia. So the bands are uh, marked as non-transferable, and and they don't actually guarantee entry into the hall, uh, into Westminster Hall, that is. Um, but look, some used wristbands were attracting bids of up to £70,000, uh, which is more than 130,000 New Zealand dollars, uh, before they were <laughs> removed. It's incredible. Now, we don't know if they're legit bids or not, but it's just staggering. Staggering. Well, we've seen numbers. how much they'll pay for football players, so probably. <laughs> probably believable, yeah. Um, look, now. A spokesperson for eBay uh, said, uh, well, straight to the point, these items are against our policies and we are removing them. Um, Mm. Now, eBay allows uh, tickets to past events like concerts or sporting events to be sold as memorabilia, but uh, its policy says it may prohibit the sale of tickets to events that are free to the public, uh, like this one. And so its policy also says tickets for yet to take place events like concerts, festivals, sporting events, uh, theatre can't be listed. So anyone uh, who joined the queue looking to make a quick buck uh, yeah. may have to look elsewhere. I would have thought
0: lawn chairs would have been the thing to go with, but that's I wouldn't be doing that. Hey, um, now, this is an interesting thing. Green
4: shoots appearing for the retail sector. How so? Yeah, look, the uh, return of uh, international visitors to New Zealand and uh, we have easing COVID restrictions, that's raising hope for the sector. Uh, So the property management and investment firm JLL, uh, they say that while retailers do face immediate economic headwinds, um, obviously we have the uncertain business climate with confidence low, consumer sentiment falling. Uh, But despite that, they say the medium-term outlook provides some positives. Now, we spoke to JLL's local head of research, Gavin Reid, who you'll hopefully hear from today. Uh, He says chief among the pressures are are labour shortages, but uh, he said one positive is overseas investors uh, eyeing up local firms, uh, especially after that border reopening. And they say that overseas investors are meeting local businesses, they're finding out about the New Zealand market again, sort of going back to what we saw pre-COVID. So there's some hope for uh, businesses looking for a bit of capital injection, um, especially after a tough two to three years. Uh, JLL reckons next year we could see that money uh, flowing through to New Zealand.
0: Ah, wonderful. Thank you very much. You can catch uh, more from Anan and the business team on Morning Report this morning at 10 to 7. It's half past five to your money markets now. Your New Zealand dollar is buying the following, 59.97 US cents, 89.09 Australian cents, 59.77 Euro cents, 52.53 British pence, 4.19 yuan and 85.70 Japanese yen. Lisbeth Clement is a royalist in every sense of the word. She's a super fan of the Queen and has been since a young age. She boasts one of the largest royal memorabilia collections in the country. I asked Lisbeth when and why she first became infatuated with the royals.
3: As a very little girl, when I lived in Omaru, my godmother had moved, was a royalist, and then she moved back to England and would send me all sorts of books and all sorts of things right from when I was a little girl.
0: Now, I understand you, you've you got quite a bit of memorabilia, which I um, understand is something that's quite remarkable. Tell us about your, your royal memorabilia of the Queen.
3: Oh, goodness me. I, I've collected thimbles, spoons, cups plates, all sorts
0: over the years. Do you have like a special room where you keep them all?
3: Uh, No, well no I don't at the moment now because with the earthquakes everything was all packed away and I've still got that thing, I've got a thing about any noise or anything. It wasn't a very nice experience and I just feel my things are safer packed. I know I should get them out. Every so often I get certain items out when I'm, you know, like the priest the other day and Whatever, mm. or if family want to, or friends want to have a look at a particular thing, but otherwise, I just feel at the moment they're safer, packed away. You Sounds didn't, terrible, doesn't it?
0: Oh no! Please tell me you didn't lose anything in, in the no. yeah, in the earthquake, like a, a plate or anything like that.
3: No, look, oh, I did. Good. I have got a, a very old ornament um, which was up on a shelf, and the day before the quake, I looked at it and I thought, all took it down and I had it wrapped in a towel on the dining room table. And then the earthquake hit the next I was so lucky.
0: Wow. You were, you were. So so there's gotta be there must be a couple of pieces for yourself that are your your favourites though, are there?
3: Oh well it would be that particular item which was mm. is about forty centimetres high. And yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, mm-hmm. look, it's it's been, you know, it's been a, a sad week for the Commonwealth. It must be extra sad for you, for someone here that you've just, you know, absolutely yes. loved for that long. Oh, um, but yes. Tell me about and when you actually heard the news, the, the, the Queen had Well,
3: died. I, uh, of all days, I hadn't put the radio on. I didn't know until about five to eight in the morning. And then uh, my granddaughter, Ashley, and Mosgill text me. And, I mean, really, we were half by expecting it, though, weren't we? Mm. But it was still a shock. She was a truly amazing
0: Woman. What is the thing that you wish, you know, that, that people knew about why she was so special?
3: Well, all the, the amazing work she did, I mean, a lot of the time you just saw her, you know, smiling and waving and whatever, but it was actually, she was just a, a lovely human being and people should learn from her how
0: to behave now tell me will will you just a question here will you continue this with the king and also what is your, your husband Graham saying
3: uh, well, he's he's not a
0: royalist. Nice. <laughs> but but will you will you you know continue your collections? Kept, oh
3: yes, oh yes, because I've got it on the on different members of the royal family, and even a friend came back from England a while back and brought me back a, a cup on Archie, but it, it was before he was named, you know, Harry's son. I've got things on different members of the family as well, and I've visited all the palaces. I've been over there. Couple of times, and I've done Windsor and Buckingham Palace twice. And
0: which one's the grandest? I've got. To, which one is the one where you went? This is it. This this is the oh, castle.
3: Oh well, Buckingham Palace. Yeah. <laughs> so I could sort of go on and on and on, but you know, but I have done all sorts. I've been so lucky to have gone overseas and been to all these amazing places. I was even there on the Queen Mother's hundredth birthday, mm. there in the Mall.
0: What, what do you think Charles will be like as a king?
3: I think he'll be all right. I really do, you know, because he he has obviously been a a really hard worker in the background and I think he will be fine.
0: That's Lizbeth Clement, Queen Superfan. With me now from the RNZ Sports Desk, Manny, watching over it like an eagle. It's Barry, guy. Kia ora, Barry, how are you? Moreno. I'm uh, good,
7: thank
0: you. Got your eagle go. eye on things? I'm pretty good. I, well, no, I had a really rough sporting weekend, but Was following that? following on from our um, discussions we had with the finance people, I've I'm, I diversify my investment portfolio as a sports <laughs> fan. You see, right, just to make the pain more yeah. bearable. So, my team lost the Ranfurly Shield. Mm. My rugby league team were absolutely embarrassed in front of everybody. Aberdeen lost to Hibernian, uh, 3-1. And in the NFL, uh, my quarterback has broken his thumb. But the Dodgers won 7-1 over the Giants. So, see, it just divers- diversified my portfolio there, Barry. Uh, what's your NFL team? The Dallas Cowboys. <sighs> I know, I didn't know. When I was becoming one, I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> it was like an American friend. Oh, you want to be a friend? And I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't realise later on you know, that people would, make that noise whenever you said it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm stuck. I'm with them. them, and um, them. I'm just wondering,
7: uh, is there going to be a parade in Wellington for the Ramley Shield? Uh, I don't remember there always oh, used to be a parade there or used whatever to be. when the, you know. Um, well, I
0: mean, if you have a look at the, you know, I mean, the way that Wellington shows out for sports events, they have tens of people there <laughs> in the stadium, so there may be uh Possibly just drive around with it. it might be T. What are that, uh, the number eight, Peter Lakai. Yeah, what a, what a player. Yep, come through what the reds
7: and the twenty. Yep. My um, goodness, me. He's really w-
0: Artie severe, in a mask, isn't it? Koro
7: Uta, who, who used to work for us, if he he noticed him a few years ago and said, "Keep an eye out for this guy because Koro follows wow. uh, Patoni." And uh, yeah, he's come through. He's um he's Silver, doing Silverstream. Was he v- very good? Oh, p- p- pass! I yeah. can tell you that. No, I always well remember a, a kid when the, a, a touring team would come and Nelson and the whole the morning of the game that say Scotland was playing Nelson Bays yeah they would there would be a parade down Trafalgar Street yes. with all of the players on backs of trucks and all of that sort of thing waving out and <laughs> And then a couple of hours later they had to go and play. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just thought if um, if there's going to be a uh, parade, we'd better get in quick because Waikato are challenging this weekend and I don't know if Wellington are going to hold on to it for very long. I did see Waikato got beaten by... Um, Otago yesterday though, so there's a glimmer of hope, perhaps. Unless they're arresting players, you don't know.
0: You see, can
7: you do that? that I don't know. And of course, we're all set for uh, a big week in uh, Auckland when the Wallabies arrive to uh, see if uh, the All Blacks can win the Rugby Championship. So um, uh, that's all on this weekend. And then I see the the Springboks actually get to play that game Hmm. um, against Argentina and Durban. So they've had three games. Two against the All Blacks and one in uh, against Argentina at home, and we had to play the Springboks twice over there. I don't know how that's all working out.
0: But... Do they not feel that what Argentina would go to two
7: games or? Yeah, I, I don't know. Someone did suggest that it was payback for a couple of years ago when South Africa couldn't play any games or something, oh, okay, and we okay, had extra. I, I don't know whether that's true or not. And uh, just quickly, uh, we are going to get some netball this week. Uh, it's only two games against Jamaica instead of three, they're still on their way I think the first uh, players arrive today, you do wonder what condition they're going to arrive in and more or less have to play straight away but um, hopefully they get here and uh, both of those games are in Auckland now, Wednesday and Thursday so uh, oh, looking thank you for forward that, to seeing the Silver fans I mean I
0: saw the ads for the Tiny Jamison but it said they were coming but then I was, normally they're very good about saying what day it's on at least so I can be ready for that, so Wednesday, Thursday, is it?
7: Uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday, yep, 49ers Thursday. against Seattle uh, uh, without Russell Wilson, so the 49ers have a chance. Surely
0: you've got that one, Barry. Oh, well, I said that last week against Chicago, and they lost. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one. Okay, cheers. See Thank you, you very much. Yes, see, there he is, Barry Guy. and uh, Well done, Hawks Bay. Heck of a run. Was it 14 defences in a row? That's not bad. That is not bad. The ran for the Shield. It is 21-6. I'm Nathan Rarere, and you are listening to First Up here on RNZ National. Still to come, we will cross to the UK where Katie Todd, our reporter, is uh, standing by to tell us the latest on the uh, Queen's funeral this evening. And also, uh, we went out onto the streets just to, to ask everyday New Zealanders to tell us their favourite memories of the Queen. <laughs> Hey, professionals of RNZ, are the Morning Report team, and it, it is Susie Ferguson who is with me this morning. Is a, a little, this is like the bit where you walk out, Susie, through the dinner party with just the the silver tray with little samplers of what is on <laughs> uh, what is on Morning Report this morning. Kia ora, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Kia ora, I'm well. Yes, I did. Thank you. Yeah, how about you? Not bad. Not, not, yeah, no, not bad. Not bad with it. She was nice and relaxing, which was quite good. Oh.
3: Perfect. Yeah. That sounds ideal. Yeah, what's going on? We are going to be taking you, of course, to London with Global Leaders and dignitaries landing ahead of the Queen's funeral taking place uh, overnight tonight. Uh, also, we'll be hearing from the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, who is there, of course, meeting the King, also the Prince of Wales, and the new Prime Minister of the UK, Liz Trust, also hearing from Dame Kiri Takanawa on the programme as well. But back here... There's some more heavy rain which is in store and uh, some of the areas in the firing line are the ones that have been in the firing line of late. So uh, we'll be hearing from Niwa about what we can expect there and also uh, an art auction uh, that has exceeded expectations bringing in over $13 million. It's all coming up after six. Whoa! Okay, 13,
0: million. 13 million 13 million I know We're well. th- Oh more rain Hey listen You'll, you'll like this story Susie this, mm. this is a goodie This is mm-hmm. a great story here. Have a listen to this one That we've got coming up mm-hmm. So not many people In this country Are able to genuinely Say that Queen Elizabeth The was a friend But A dairy farmer Warren Ferguson Is able to do just that So due to their Shared love of dairy cows The Queen remained In touch with Warren And his family On a regular basis And I asked him How the unlikely Friendship began
1: Back in 75, mum and dad went to England with the and Marion Lusby, friends of theirs, and met the Queen's Herdman at the English Royal and um, got talking. And then Alan Cowdery, the Queen's Herdman, come over and selected some animals. And then it's evolved from there. Yeah.
0: So they've come over and they came out here to New Zealand and got all oh, that one and that one. What did they choose and what was so special about those cows?
1: Well, they were looking, for, it's like any breeding, you're always looking for different bloodlines. First two that went over were two bulls. Dad's famous cow then was Claire well, called called on Glen's Vicky back in the 70s. It was her son went first, Harvest Victor, and then Glens Coronet, a bull that went and did really well in England, breeding wise. And then in 77, I took the first, flew over with the first two heifers, Glens Hordy and Glens Crocus. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. Tell me, are they, what, are they Frisians or Jerseys? Like, what, what Jer- were they? Jerseys, Jerseys. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've done that. And then you tell us how it is that you came to stay in touch all this time.
1: Well, through Dad going to Windsor with the Alan her- Cowdery the herdsman and meeting the Queen and then uh, it's just evolved from there with Dad and the Queen got on really well and um the relationship he used to ring in na- every now and then and chat and then um sort of when Dad well, she came to the farm in nineteen ninety mm. to look at look at the cows, which was probably the the highlight of everything, yeah. Having the queen on your farm, yeah.
0: It's bad enough when a landlord comes and you're running around all the in-laws. You're like, quick, tidy up. So
1: the queen is coming. What do you do? Tell me about the clean-up before the queen arrives. Oh, well, it was a fair clean-up, yeah. <laughs> and not only the us, the, the cows as well. The cows are all sort of clipped and washed and everything, yeah. Of course. So could you just ring her up? Well, Dad used to, but then when Dad passed away, I've, had to continued on, yes.
0: How does oh, 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 this is stunning? <laughs> how okay, this is how does she answer the phone?
1: Well, you ring and you get like the switchboard at the pallet wherever she's staying, like at Windsor. And um, I rang up, or well, the first time I rang, oh, I had to ring when dad passed away, mum and I did, but the next time I had to ring. I rang and the lady at the switchboard I just said, who, I'm Lauren Ferguson. Oh, yeah, Don's son, hang on, and bang, I'm talking to the Queen. So. <laughs> <laughs> and is she like a, oh, hello, Warren, or is she a, a oh, yeah, good yeah, afternoon? I've, I've met her uh, quite a few, you know, um, not as much as Dad and Mum, but, uh, yeah, Michelle and I have met them, and I've been to Windsor, if, like, when i was younger a few times so yeah well warren you're but being I mean, you're geez, being very geez.
0: humble here i i can't just i couldn't just <laughs> ring her up and have her go oh hi nate how you going it's, yeah.
1: no well we talk about because uh when dad sort of retired the queen and dad owned sort of some cows here together and when dad passed away i she, and the queen said what are we going to i said well i'd like to continue it so we've just continued on so um and then, yeah, if, so, if Dad you Yusuf, if we went to a show or something and one of her cows did well or something, she'd ring her and tell her. And, yeah. That's great. So, what,
0: so what you know, you, you know her at an incredible level compared to everyone else, even a lot of people that call themselves Royal Watchers that never met her. So, what, tell us about, you know, we always like to put ourselves in the picture. What would you say the Queen's feelings about New Zealand and its people were?
1: Oh, look, she's a very down-to-earth person. I mean, makes you feel very at ease, easy to talk to. I mean, I'm not a big... Believe it or not, I'm not a big talker, but um, she just makes it at ease. And plus, the cow side of it, she knows a lot of the breeding, like with her horses and that, you know. I think it's probably a good sort of ground outlet for her away from the public and that with the animals. I mean, winds Windsor, the farm itself... You'd be there milking, or something. you might be told the queen's coming down, or she'd just arrive on a horse to look at the cows, or something. It's it's their private life, and you know, wins they can drive around and ride around and do what they, you know, without being in the public eye. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I mean, obviously, it goes with that saying. You'd be very sad to to farewell the queen.
1: Oh, I think everyone's she's everyone's queen. She's been. I mean, everyone feels. Very close to, her, I suppose. You know, she's been the queen for seventy years, and um, that's sort of all we're knowing, isn't it? So long, and and I mean, not only are everyone who has met her or hasn't, they still got the same feeling. I think, yeah.
0: That's Otrohunga dairy farmer Warren Ferguson. That's not bad. He could just call up the Queen. Well, later tonight the world will say uh, its final goodbyes to Queen Elizabeth II and with a reign of more than 70 years she will be cherished for many things we sent our reporter Leonard Powell to the streets of Auckland to ask people for their favourite memories of the monarch.
6: Being the figurehead that she was can be polarising at times but
3: you have to admire her for her sense of duty and incredible leadership in putting others first. That's an Trait you don't see very often these days, and if we had that lens,
6: I think, in more abundance, maybe we wouldn't be quite
5: so grisly about where we are. I'm an Asian guy, so like I didn't watch her really much, but like I've heard a lot about her that she was a very good person.
3: I think she's been a really good example of a working woman and working mother and balancing the two. Just a beautiful
2: woman, you know, she seemed to hold this sort of the way. Yeah, aura about her. Yeah, she did. And you were kind of attracted to her in a a way, yeah.
3: I do remember going to see her when I was at school, maybe Eden Park or Carlow Park or somewhere like that. I'm of the mindset that we can mourn the person, but we shouldn't really be too concerned about the empire itself because it's left a legacy of oppression in New Zealand and across the Commonwealth,
8: so... Yeah, mixed feelings. I'm sure she seems like a nice woman, but, you know, I have no interest in her really. Nothing personal, just I don't like monarchies. I don't believe in monarchies.
1: Just her integrity. I'm not a royalist myself, but she was a good woman and very true. So
0: that's uh, the thoughts of the uh, many uh, members of the uh, public there who spoke to our reporter Leonard Powell uh, there in the streets of Auckland. Well, it's nine to six right now in Britain. Crowds gathering uh, to say goodbye to Queen Elizabeth II. So later this evening, New Zealand time, I believe it's what around about 10 o'clock, I think we're starting here, her coffin will begin its final journey from Westminster Abbey. So we now cross to RNZ reporter Katie Todd, who was standing near the Thames, I believe, in London. Kia ora, Katie, how are you? Kia ora,
8: very well, thank you.
0: Have you seen the famous queue?
8: Yes, I'm actually looking at it right now, and it is uh, just as long as it's been for the past three days. It's quite incredible to see, um, and just such positive people in the queue for, for how long they're spending on their feet.
0: Actually, that's a, that's a good point. You, know, you think about that, because when people queue for anything, it's generally, it gets a bit ratty, or these, like, you cut in and you didn't do that as well, but I guess what you're saying there is, does it feel like one of those um, giant moments of camaraderie, do you think?
8: Oh, absolutely. Like, everyone I've spoken to has sort of made friends with the people around them, which I think you'd need to do in order to be able to pop off and get a coffee uh, where you want and, and things like that. Um, everyone's great spirits. It's um, you know they they're there for one really important cause. Um, they feel that this is something they all need to do for very personal reasons, um, and so it's not quite the same cue and uh, the sense of lining up to, to get a coffee or something like that. It's um, it's, it's quite a special purpose for them. Yeah.
0: So um, you know, you've been out there this morning and uh, in, in the last couple of days, meeting meeting people, talking to them. What what are people saying?
8: Well, I've spent quite a lot of time in the streets around Westminster um, morning and that's where the funeral procession will take place and it is absolutely insane. There are so many people in town here, quite surreal. Um, Everywhere you look, there's there's preparations underway and just thousands of people. Um, I've been speaking to some of the people who've been camping out, actually, to to see the funeral procession um, and they are just kind of, you know aware that this is quite a once in a lifetime event, they want to be right there and, and part of the action um, and you know get their own glimpse of, of what's happening.
0: Now, th- this is interesting people there early for this. I'm wondering if now people have gone, We're not going to make the queue, let's try and be in place early when the funeral procession goes past. First off, can, can you tell us where will you be positioned for the, for the funeral?
8: I will actually be over in Windsor tomorrow, so that is where the committal ceremony takes place after the funeral, and then uh, the burial. Um, so I will be out of out of this chaos and into another D- different type of chaos entirely.
0: <laughs> have people already gone? Do you, are, I mean? Are you hearing? Have people already shown up at what will be the you know the funeral procession route to to try and make sure that they can stake a place to see?
8: Yes, yes. There's plenty of tents, actually. If you go and, and look um, quite close. To Westminster, um, just in in viewing of the Abbey. um, There's a a little village that's been set up. Set up um, people who have their sleeping bags, just to make sure they have prime position tomorrow.
0: How many people are expected to uh, attend the funeral?
8: Uh, it's quite incredible. Um, local media here is saying that two million people might be in the central city tomorrow. Of course, the, the actual abbey itself only holds 2,000 people, so that's the heads of the state and um, foreign groups, the royal family themselves. Um, but it's for, for members of the public who um, have come from all over England and all over the world, um, yeah, that, that's more like two million
0: it'll be interesting to so many people and you know in our lifetimes all we've ever seen is celebration whether it be a, a wedding or uh, whether it be a jubilee or something there's lots of cheering in that as well uh, are the crowds being asked do you know if if they're if they're being asked to be quiet or do you think people cheer or clap like what what do you know about how they will be when the the queen's uh, funeral drives past uh it's
8: It's hard to say. I I don't think there has been any sort of measures um, in terms of asking people to be quiet. But I know that the uh, flights at Heathrow are actually being cancelled around the time of the funeral to ensure that there is just utter silence across the city. Uh, So it will be quite quite something to witness.
0: Now, um, many high-profile people are already in the country. Um, Tell us, what news do you have of the New Zealand delegation?
8: Uh, yes, but you're right. There's 500 heads of state and foreign dignitaries who should mostly all be here now. The New Zealand delegation had a, a big meeting earlier today at the High Commission. They were all sort of formally welcomed, um, the, those who will be going to the funeral tomorrow. Um, and look, the, the Governor General made comments that, you know, it's quite an extraordinary group of New Zealanders who have all come together for this purpose.
0: So um, there would be quite a bit of uh, security that's travelling with them. What can you tell us about the security arrangements, first off for the delegations of the dignitaries and then perhaps even for the the funeral itself?
8: Uh, Well, look, it's all actually quite mysterious. Um, Obviously, security is a significant concern for officials. It's not often you have to look after two million people, including so many world leaders and officials. Um, But local media here actually interviewed London's Metropolitan Police, um, the, the Deputy Assistant Commissioner spoke, and, and he was saying it's the biggest event his force has ever undertaken that's larger than the 2012 Olympics um, or the Platinum Jubilee Weekend. But he was pretty tight-lipped on the specifics of how things will work. Um, you might actually be able to hear there's a helicopter hovering above me. That appears to be a Met police helicopter, and it's been in the air above the central city for most of the day. Um, there's also police carrying guns as I mentioned, um, there's just so many security guards as well. Um, but in terms of you know protecting some of the heads of state who are here, there's no specific information being given by the police on how they're going to make that work.
0: Katie, you're you're in an odd situation where you are there in in a huge piece of history. Yet you're told as a journalist that you know you've got to be an observer. You're not really supposed to dive into this. But surely you must get, have that sense of occasion too.
8: Oh, absolutely. I think just because in New Zealand we don't ever see things on this scale, um, it's certainly not something I can compare any events to um, in my history. So, um, yeah, I, I will certainly be taking a lot from this personally.
0: Yeah, Katie, thank you very much for your time. You can hear more from Katie and our RNZ reporters there uh, in London as we build up to this. Well, I asked earlier on in the programme, will you be staying up to uh, watch? Kate in Christchurch says, yes, I am. This is a once a and the pageantry and the spectacle are amazing whether or not one likes the monarchy. Also, the alternative is to enjoy endless repeated snippets of what the media want to show us. Luckily, we can watch overnight because of time zones. I may not have watched it. Uh, were it in our daylight hours it's good to be a night owl uh, Nathan, Robin and Maureen in, uh, in Paraparoma say we will watch it uh, and Nolene is uh, enjoying the show So I sit in uh, bed with a cat on my knee, door to the deck open for the first uh, bird call you, Glenn, Barry and the rest all have a wonderful day, thank you very much Nolene, you've got a cat on your lap, you're winning you're winning, aren't you? Uh, you can get in touch with us anytime at First Up. Remember too, you can download our podcast too and take us with you. Morning Report is next with Susie and Guy on from all of us here at First Up. Have yourselves a wonderful Monday and we'll be back in your ears, our Pawpour.